Well, LCM, on this evening of January 12th, 2023, we as a family are going to celebrate life. The gift of life that was given to Riven Eliashev Phillips, the youngest daughter of Keith and Floor Phillips. This will, in fact, be a celebration tonight, as you can already tell by the worship time that we've had together. We, as the true body of Christ, are going to put on full display that our hope in the power of the resurrection is steadfast and immovable. While it is natural that we will shed tears at the loss of a precious life, it is because of God's supernatural goodness that we can celebrate the life he gives and the anchored hope of resurrection that we have. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. On December 29th, 2022, Riven experienced a miraculous birth. And on January 7th, 2023, she entered into the cloud of witnesses. She went to go and stand in the glory of our God next to his throne. We just want to start off by giving our condolences to Keith. Floor, Devlin, Ivy, Vera, and Aviana. We have a picture of this beautiful family we want to show you guys. Look how radiant they are. You know, there you can see Keith and his studly, handsome beard that he has. You can see Floor reflecting the radiance of her husband. Devlin, Ivy, Vera, and Aviana. And there... Where Flora's right hand is, she is cradling, riven in her belly. It's life inside of there. We want to welcome extended family. Uh, we've got some even in, coming on in right now. We're, we're welcoming you. Please enter in. Extended family members, friends of the Phillips. I know that we have some here that are both related to them and are just friends from Tony's and the catering business and a lot of other friends that we have. We want to recognize over this weekend who will be here, we want to recognize Keith's family, his parents, Chad and Elena Phillips, his siblings, Kent, Rachel, and Kyle, an aunt, Sherilyn Steele, and her daughter, Sheridan, and grandmother, Sharon Phillips, and Carolyn Shanks. We'd like to recognize them and offer our condolences to the entire family. This also includes Flor's family. Her mother, Reina Torres. Did I get that right? Her siblings, Eber. Ladies, Lourdes, and Eva. Her uncle and aunt, Jose and Rosa. So in addition, there are many, many uncles, aunts, cousins, nieces, nephews, and other family members. But we remind you, tonight is both a time of grief and celebration. Riven was blessed by God with life and given nine precious days to be here with her mother and with her father. Take a look at this picture. We just want to show you, look how precious that is. Those precious feet. We have to understand that surely the Lord ordains and directs the steps just as he did for Riven, just as he's doing for the Phillips family. This is exactly what Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 24 says. It says that a man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? See, the steps of the Phillips family have been directed by the Lord. We're watching it. We can all testify to this. Can't we testify to this family? Yes. We want to let you know here as a family of believers tonight that Riven's life 
her steps were also directed by the Lord. Now, trying to understand and go into an understanding with these things without the mind of Christ being at work inside of you is really the height of futility. Instead, we're going to turn our attention tonight towards the character and the thoughts of our God. You know, the character of our God, this one who is perfectly faithful. He is perfectly upright and just in everything that he does and in all of his dealings with mankind. Our God is a rock. He is true in everything that he does. And we will not say anything different because this is the truth. This is the reality that the word of God teaches us. Further, it's not just his, it's not only his character, but that his thoughts. Somebody say his thoughts. The thoughts of our God are precious. We're going to look at Psalm 139 together and see exactly what the word says about that. Isn't it comforting to know that God's thoughts are higher than all other thoughts? That his character is trustworthy? Look, I couldn't help but think when I saw the picture of Riven's feet of something that we know very intimately in the word. If you could, Sound Booth, put up the picture of Riven's feet again. You see those precious and perfectly formed little feet? They are going to participate in the promise made in Romans 16 that when the God of all peace will soon crush Satan underneath those feet. Psalm 139, verse 16. You can uh, leave that picture up. This will match. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. The nine miraculous days that Riven spent with Keith and Floor were days that were gifted by our Heavenly Father. Can I get amen, Carlos? Amen. That's exactly right. Whether in the womb or in the arms of her parents, the eyes of the Lord were constantly on every detail of Riven's life. Riven's name and time here on earth, they are recorded, as the scripture says, in your book. Or better yet said, the Lamb's book of life. This is how the psalmist and those present here tonight can say, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. His thoughts of Riven and of the Phillips family are beyond our ability to count. Beyond our ability to tally and quantify. Though his thoughts be vast and incalculable. We do have the ability to participate, to know, and see the sum of these thoughts. Take a look at this next picture. This is a picture of beautiful ribbon. With perfectly formed hands and everything good that the Lord had intended for her to have. Tonight, we're going to celebrate the gift of life that has been given. Riven Phillips is the physical And she is the supernatural embodiment of the precious thoughts of the king of the universe towards the Phillips family. This baby is the actual entire entire embodiment of God's thoughts towards her. This, in fact, is the reason that we can celebrate even in a time of grieving. Don't be uninformed. Our attitude tonight is not an irreverent attitude. Our attitude tonight is is not one that lacks decorum in such a serious kind of situation. Our attitude tonight is a demonstration of where our hope actually lies, of the reality that what we say is not, we don't just believe something as an intellectual assent, but that we hold to it with all that we are and everything in our life is a testimony to this. 
Turn with us to 1 Thessalonians 4 as we continue to look at what Scripture has for us tonight. As you're turning, I just want to give a little, little kick in the pants, a little shot in the arm. Pastor said tonight we're going to celebrate the gift of life that God has given. So rouse yourself. Stir your soul. Tonight we're going to celebrate the gift of life that God has given. That's the LCM I know. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. So look, we feel lost when a death occurs and we grieve, but we also have hope as we do so. We do not grieve as those who do not have hope. Instead, we hold fast to this hope that is set before us, and it acts as an anchor for our soul. Exactly like Hebrews 6 says. There's a reality to grasp in this. Those who grieve without hope are because they are of a different kingdom than we are. Why? They do not have access to the mind of Christ. And they do not understand God's thoughts. The only thing that they can see in moments like these is their own frailty and their own mortality. We want to let you know tonight that there is hope even for those of you who grieve the way the world does in a hopeless kind of way. That hope that you can have tonight is through accepting the gift of repentance that God offers. Surrendering your own mortality to the absolute lifetime control of the living God and participating with his son in his immortality that conquers all sin and death. This is not you about making a singular decision. It's about you being transformed by the resurrection power of our living God. There couldn't be a better way to honor the life of Riven Phillips than to repent from your own direction, your own sin, and in the hypocrisy of your own life that declares its own self-appointed goodness but is really participating entirely in the enemy's plan. Now, how do we say that here on a night like tonight? Because we can see the evidence of that participation in an enemy's plan. Here's how it shows up in each and every one of our lives until we walk through this point. Our lives are completely void of the power to overcome sin. That's how you know that you've been a part of the enemy's plan is because you sin and you can't stop it. You even love it. Another way that we know is that you are void of the hope that is found of all who are in Christ. But tonight, as we are considering the life of Riven Phillips and celebrating the life, we want you to be able to have the same kind of hope that we do. That we do. Take a look at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 with us as we continue. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The supernatural hope that we have is grounded in the overcoming, conquering, death-defeating nature of our King. That is why we do not grieve as the world does. Our belief is not just words. It is an actionable, daily demonstration that we have been empowered by the overcoming nature of our great king. 
As we continue in 1 Thessalonians 4, we're going to take a look at verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Somebody say, that's good news. You know what that means? That means that Riven is at the front of the line to come back with Christ if he were to come back right now. She's advanced past us and is now standing with him, ready to return at his moment. See, she's going to be the front of the line to receive that resurrection on that day. That's why we can celebrate. She's been promoted. She is now standing with the king. She has been and she is ready to receive the resurrection of the body that occurs. See, if you see this day, if you see this day as a great tragedy, then we're going to encourage you. We're going to challenge you. We're going to come right out and say it to your face. Get on the side of what the Lord is doing and get on the side of the Lord's will. For those who are perishing, the Lord's return occurs like a thief in the night. Because for those who are perishing, they're dwelling in darkness. But for those of us who are in a close relationship with the Son of God, His return will be a clear and a present triumph for all to see. And it is a vindication of those who actually love Him and do more than say they believe, but walk in the ways that He put forth for us. Amen. Let's pick up in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore... Encourage one another with these words. The triumphant return of the King of Kings will be the catalyst for the resurrection of those who have died in the faith. In their glorified bodies, they will join with him in the clouds. This means that Riven Phillips is now part of the them, as stated in this passage. She is standing in the cloud of witnesses that prove The power of Jesus that conquers and triumphs over death. This is how we are to encourage one another. These are the spirit-breathed words that are to be shared with each other in order to give substance to the hope that we have in our king. Friends, the act of the spirit of God breathing into a person is how humanity was founded in its origins. Go with us to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read together verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Riven was breathed into by the breath of God from the very moment of conception. From the very moment of conception. In fact, conception is a miracle because it is the moment when God breathes life into a person. And from the moment of conception, her precious life was attacked with whispers of bad reports and words of impending difficulty. For some of us in this church, the Phillips were handling themselves so well, it was not even completely apparent except for the fact that we were praying for them. Every day that went by while in the womb was a miraculous display of God's power 
as he was giving life to Riven Phillips, even up to the final seconds of her time here on this earth. What gives us a clear perspective on this is Mark chapter 12. Verse 26. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the, not God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. So the perspective is this. You are quite wrong if you think that Riven is dead, and that's the end of her story. As it stands right now and for eternity, Riven is very much alive. More than she has ever been. The blessing of Riven's life is beyond contestation, and her journey on earth is over even as ours continues. Isn't that the real issue when we start dealing with the physical death of a person? But see, but Riven is standing with our great king. You know what that means? That means that her organs are perfectly formed right now. It means that she has no pain and no suffering and no sorrow. It means that she is in the state that we are longing to get to. She's gotten to the state before we did. I'm actually a little bit jealous because she beat me to it. This is what the hope of Christianity is. I don't say that to be light or just to be funny. That is my desire. I'm saying, praise God, Riven Phillips beat me to the finish line. Wow. See, blood is necessary for mortal life. But a greater necessity for eternal life is the presence of God fully enveloping every fabric of little Riven's body. That's where Riven is right now. She is standing in the presence of God every single part of her life, of her body, is encapsulated with God's presence. Amen. Riven Phillips now knows all the, she knows all the secrets of the universe. She can now talk to Abraham and find out what his life was really like. She can even know important things like whether Adam had a belly button or not. Deep mysteries of the kingdom. See, Riven's physical body had a primary issue while here on earth, both in utero and after the miraculous gift of her birth, she did not have sufficient blood flow. That was one of the main issues. It was the source of most of her issues, as a matter of fact. And as advanced as our medical society is, Texas has one of the best medical centers in the entire world. And as advanced as they are, they have no answers, no cures, and no remedy for the issue if there's not proper blood flow. This is because over 3,500 years ago, the word of God already clearly identified why this is the problem. In Leviticus 17 and verse 14, it says, For the life of every creature is in its blood. Its blood is its life. That points us into a direction of something that we take for granted. But we want you to... Consider right now, every heartbeat you have is a miracle from God. Every single time that it circulates blood through your system and life through your veins, it is a display of God's miraculous power. There is no answer, no cure, no remedy unless this issue is resolved inside of you. 
Because we serve the God of the living, his blood eternally exists to redeem us from our empty way of life. And it serves to give us surety and hope in the resurrection. So the question is, what are you doing with each miraculous heartbeat that God has gifted you with? Each one. What kind of life is in the blood flowing through your veins? Is, this, is it one that's centered around you as the God of your life? Or is it one that is founded upon the God of the universe being your Lord, your ruler, owner, and controller? The question really is, are you living a life worthy of the calling you have received? And the second by second, even microsecond by microsecond life that God continually sustains you with. Somebody say, he's talking to me. See, when you're living a life worthy of the blood that has been shed for you, then you're not going to have the response of, hey, I think this is too much for me. I, I'm not quite sure that I can take this. If one more, thing's ha one more thing happens, I'm not sure that I can go through this. If your life has been covered by the blood of our victorious King Jesus, not only can you take this that happens in your life, but you can take anything that this world or the devil or demonic forces can throw at you. That deserved a better amen than what you gave me. The true body of Christ has been overcoming for thousands of years, and the real body of Christ stands undefeated. Today is not a day of defeat. It is a day to celebrate our participation with the eternal, triumphant king that will crown his faithful followers at the end of all things. Our joy is to get to show faith now in what we will see in its totality only later. We are actually operating in faith in his power, and we're experiencing his resurrection power every day as we do it. This is the very reason why we can stare physical death in the face and let our whole bodies smile with praise. Let our whole bodies smile with praise. Why? Because we know this is not the end. This is not the finality. And yet, experiencing having our eyes filled with tears because we're not able to hold Riven in our arms today as we did last week. But those tears are mixed with joy. Joy that we will be re reunited and hold her in our arms again. We want to talk to you about the miracle of life that God gives. But we're going to start because it starts with Keith and Floor Phillips. We have watched Keith and Floor grow as a result of their time here in this family of LCM. Can anybody attest to that with us? We've watched you, Keith. We've watched you, Floor, be diligent to put the word of God into effect. We've watched over the past few months as even marriage counseling with our pastor, pastoral team has produced such life. You guys are becoming radiant. You're radiant in your walk with the Lord. You've been growing because you've been a part of this LCM family. Haven't you, along with me and the pastors, haven't you watched church as their attachment to this biblical way of life only increases day by day, week by week, month by month? Their imitation of the lives of the pastors and elders. We've watched you, Keith and Floor, bond with your ministry team, with the Molochs, with the Sosas, and watched all three families grow as a result of your engagement with each other. 
true transparency with each other. It's caused your lives to skyrocket in your growth, and we're so proud of you. We've seen the gift of life first given in you, and that's what we want to celebrate as well. Keith and Flora, we're proud of you guys. You're shining examples of who we are. We love you all. Look, we can't say it enough. Riven Phillips is a miraculous testimony. Starting with conception, sustained through a supernatural pregnancy, and ultimately she was birthed because of supernatural shalom in the Phillips home. With each report of bad news, Keith and Floor brought these reports to their team, their pastors and their elders. Like King Hezekiah, they spread out these reports before the Lord and never wavered to stand exactly where God led them to, meaning that they never failed to fight for life. Keith led his family into a powerful display of being fully dependent upon the life-giving, all-sufficient, and supreme Word of God. They took each one of those negative reports, and they applied scriptures that specifically dealt with the issues the doctors were most concerned with. Fighting for life starts and ends with the word of life fighting for you. We have a slide of what they sent to us. These are scripture cards that they put together as a sign to each one of the issues in the doctor's reports. And we want to share these with you. So while you may not be able to see the exact scriptures from where you're sitting, we're going to read these scriptures to you, and we're going to see what a testimony of life that this is. First John 3, verses 19 and 20. We can go ahead and put the scriptures on the screen. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. See, the word of God led Keith and Floor into knowing that God is actually greater than our heart, than what we feel, what we can perceive in the moment, that God himself can strengthen and reassure our hearts through this process. See, but their prayers weren't just about the heart in general. It was specific about their daughter's heart. Their prayers were that God would be able to bring about a healing in Riven's heart, and God did miraculously cause life to flow in her little body day after day. Church, this is a reason to celebrate. Can somebody say amen? Psalm 69, verse 30 through 32. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. Keith and Floor had the power of the word bringing life to their prayers. That a humble and overflowing uh, attitude of thanksgiving would guide their heart. It would direct their mind and it would steer their soul. Their prayers were that the God they were seeking wholeheartedly would revive Riven's heart. And bring life to her body. And God did miraculously revive and strengthen her during that course of nine days. This, this is why we must celebrate life. Another scripture that the family cling to, that Keith and Floor treasured, was 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. 
Keith and Floor were having the prophetic words of Scripture become more fully confirmed. The Word is the highest thing in all of creation, but the Word inside of them was becoming more and more fully confirmed as they were praying that God's presence would rise in their heart, and God met them, and His presence did rise in their heart. The darkness and the seriousness of Riven State could not dim the light of truth that rose in their hearts even as they were praying for a supernatural touch. And our God did bring miracle after miracle after miracle in Riven's life. This is why celebration is rising in all of our hearts today. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The God of all creation formed Riven's inward parts. He knitted her together in Flora's womb. Riven was, in fact, fearfully and wonderfully made. And what we're doing tonight is that we are celebrating these wonderful works. There was nothing about Riven's frame that was hidden from God's sight. His eyes saw her and faithfully chronicled every day before there were days set aside for her. Church, are you realizing the power of what the Phillips were displaying? They weren't worried about the things that were going on. They took their concerns and went straight to the word and let the word minister to them even as they were ministering unto the Lord. They also used Psalm 34 and verse 4 and 5 as part of this holding on to the rock that is the word of God. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Think about it. As a parent, what's one of your largest fears that you can have is about the health of your child. So they were offering these things to the Lord. They sought the Lord. He answered, delivered them from their fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. To cry out to the Lord, trusting in him to answer, and delivering us from all of our fears is miraculous in every way. Riven is a testament to this because of the life and the prayers of Keith and Floor. And now because of it, the faces of Keith and Floor are radiant because of their total and complete trust in the God who has not left them covered in shame. They are radiant as they are still fighting for supernatural life, and now they're fighting for it in others. I want to give you a testimony of things that your pastors have seen with our own eyes. We've watched in the hospital room, in the NICU, with Keith and Floor, we've watched them be concerned even as doctors were very, very concerned about Riven, they were also concerned about the little child that was next to them in the unit right next to Riven. You can reach over and touch there. Keith and Floor were telling me stories about that child there in the NICU, that that child had been there for two months, that that child was only three pounds heavier than Riven. Riven was one pound and three ounces at birth. They were telling me the story of the children next to Riven. We watched on Friday. 
after a very traumatic surgery that had gone on, we watched as Keith and Floor were then concerned with the child on the other side of Riven. We are there praying, interceding, watching God, believing that he's going to move. And she and Keith go over to the nurse and say, how are you doing? Holding the baby next to them. I watched them pray for the nurse next to Riven as tears were flowing down the nurse's eyes. They're in the hospital with their child, but their hope is so much in the power of God that they were radiant. They were praying for other people even as they needed prayer themselves. Shining example, guys. Number six, verse 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Look, we testify that God's face is shining upon you, Keith and Floor. We confirm that God is gracious to you, and he has lifted up his countenance that rests upon you. We attest that God has given you supernatural shalom in this situation. It is seated upon your shoulders. We saw this in the way that Keith was interacting and speaking with the doctors. Never a moment did we ever see Keith break down. Still waters run deep. And that's who Keith is. He'd get reports or interact with the nurses and doctors. He'd listen, kindly respond, and then begin to give his family direction. We had a chance to to see the depths of Flora's soul. Last Friday, Wade and I were bringing her from uh, Mission Bend area to the medical center. And we were moving at quite a brisk pace. Safe, but brisk. Floor, if you don't know Floor, Floor is fiery. She's tenacious. She's passionate. You know that's true. She loves with all of her heart and will give you anything that she has. We're on our way. We're talking. We're laughing. We're cutting up. Then there'll be a quiet moment of solace, and then we'll come back to, you know, laughing about certain things. But there came a certain point when the windows of her soul opened up. And out of nowhere, it erupted out of the depths of her being. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Help me, God. This hurts. I love you, Lord God. This is painful. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. She was filling the cab of that truck with echoes of her being. And it shook the heavens. Wade and I were there, and we witnessed heaven coming to earth and matching her desperate cry. Oh, the joys of seeing someone cry out to the living God with full sincerity and seeing him match their sincerity. She found strength in that moment. Oh, it was but a moment. But the dunamis power of God filled her. She gained a strength and she gained a resolve that couldn't be shaken. 
And we witnessed the Lord minister to her, and then she took that ministry given to her, and she went around and ministered to everyone else she came in contact with. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 was another one of their scripture cards that they had with them. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The transparent display of supernatural joy while experiencing natural grief is a display that you are anchored in the hope of resurrection power. Yeah, I'm going to say that again because you need to hear it again. The transparent display, the real life actual display of supernatural joy while experiencing natural grief is a display that you are anchored in the hope of resurrection power. We had a special moment as we were with the family on Saturday as Riven transitioned from this life into life eternal. As the doctors and nurses were there trying to give the family an appropriate time to hold Riven, to spend as much time as they wanted, as they were beginning to unhook, to turn off medicines, to unhook from wires and tubes and everything else that little Riven had as a part of her daily life. Right there in the last few moments, Riven opened both of her little eyes, looked right at Floor, who was holding her completely at peace and then went to be in the presence of our king. There's something beautiful about the peace and the shalom of God. We were in the room worshiping with Keith and Floor. There were many tears and we all shed tears, I can assure you. But there was a sense of hope. There was a sense of shalom. There was a sense of peace as we were worshiping the Lord, reading scriptures, and encouraging each other. And many of those scriptures came from Keith and Floor that we're sharing with you now. See, the same shalom that began Riven's miraculous life, it continued as Keith was providing strong direction and leadership and with Floor righteously reflecting the powerful and the light-filled leadership that Keith was providing. Tonight, we're celebrating the gift of life. Life demonstrated in the Phillips family, but it's also a defining characteristic of who we are as LCM. Keith and Floor, we want to say something to you directly. We want you to know that just as it is stated in 2 Corinthians 1, your afflictions are serving to help you receive comfort from God that you will use to serve others with the same comfort that you get received from him. You will lift up the heads, the hearts, and the souls of others, utilizing the hope of resurrection and the celebration of life that is in Christ, the celebration of the end goal of standing with him in a resurrected body, ruling and reigning for an eternity, that what we experience now is not the finality. It is the reality of standing with him. That's the finality. Second Corinthians 1 and verse 7 says this. Our hope for you is unshaken. 
For we know that as you suffer in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Keith and Floor, Devlin, Ivy, Vera and Aviana, our hope for you is unshaken. We have full confidence in the power of God and the hope of resurrection as we see you joyfully celebrate the life that was given to you in Riven. But we want to tell you something even more than that. This verse in the most plain reading is really more about what your words are going to be to other people as you minister to them. You're going to be the one saying, our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. That the comfort that our God of comfort is giving you in these times is exactly the kind of comfort that you're going to give to other people. At this time, we want to ask Keith to come forward and uh, share. First, I, I want to say thanks to Judah and Sash for uh, helping us with those cards. That really means a lot. We use those daily, uh, every single day. There's a lot that's been said tonight about overcoming. There's a lot been said tonight about the blood. And uh, I'm going to be an overcomer. Yeah. Show of hands, who is going to be an overcomer? Yeah. All right, I think that's everybody. But the scriptures give us a, a, a very distinct recipe um, for what it takes to be an overcomer. If, if you could put Revelations twelve eleven on this on the screen. I think that's ESV. I'm going to read the NIV eighty four. <clears throat> they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word. Of their testimony. I want to stop right there. The blood of the lamb. That was given to us freely. That's something we didn't earn. That's something that. Uh, Christ did for us as a gift. He was, the, he was the first overcomer. But there's a second part to that. The word of their testimony. Amen. Jesus doesn't give us the word of our testimony. God. Jesus. He puts us in situations. Good and difficult. And then we establish our testimony. And so we get something from God, the blood of the lamb. And we also have the word of our testimony. And that's really just perseverance. That's really just, and it can be something good. How many times have you heard of a, a person getting a windfall of cash and it ruins their life? How many times have we seen someone lose a husband in a car wreck and it ruins their life? In both of those situations is an opportunity to overcome. And so whenever we're equipped with both the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, that's what allows us to overcome the accuser, to overcome the, en the enemy. And I'm going to be in that camp. So whenever you're going through a time when you think this is too hard, how do people do this? How can I overcome? That's an opportunity for you to write in your life's book. Here's a new testimony that I get to use to share, to help build someone else up. That's what an overcomer is. But there's a, there's a second part of this verse. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. 
you know, I always read this as my death. I'm scared of, I'm going to die. I'm going to lose. And that's, that's the Peshat meaning, sure. But do you ever consider that maybe that's the death of someone around you? Is it harder for you to give up your life or is it harder for you to lose a child? Yeah, that's, that's, I would take someone's place. I would take your place. I would take your place. That's easy. But to see someone else die, is that what's going to make me shrink away? Is that what's going to make me no longer become an overcomer? I'll put it in Paul's words, by no means. By no means. See, I can, I can take hope and know that I'm going to be an overcomer. And with that hope, I get something. With that overcoming, I get something. And I'm going to share a second verse because, because I've, got the, I've got the mic. Uh, Hebrews 11.39, please. <clears throat> so we all know Hebrews 11 is a, a long list of men and women and how they overcame. So th- this is what 39, this is who, whom 39 is referring to. These, these men and women of God, these overcomers, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That's an amazing hope. That tells me that Riven's there, and I can only get to her in one way. I can't just skate in. You can't just skate in. You're going to have to have the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Only then can you enter into a community of, of men and women that God says, the earth was not worthy of them. Church, stand to your feet with us tonight. As you stand, I want you to hear the words from 1 Corinthians 15, 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is it? For Riven, her perishable body has put on the imperishable nature of the kingdom of God. For Riven, mortality has put on immortality. For us here tonight, we can say even now that death is swallowed up in victory. We can celebrate life because of the hope of resurrection power for those who believe. Verse 57 goes on to say, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The appropriate response for us to have is to be thankful for the victory that has already been given to us through Jesus overcoming death-defeating life. See, celebrating this victory today is done in light of the full victory that we will have at the end. 
Verse 58 gives us as a church body a charge of what we must therefore do. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Everyone say steadfast. Steadfast. Immovable. Say immovable. Immovable. Always abounding. Say abounding. Abounding. In the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Keith and Floor, Ivy, Devlin, Vera, and Aviana. And our charge to ULCM is that we will continue to celebrate life by being steadfast in God's standards. By being immovable with joy. By abounding in the work that we still have yet to do in the kingdom. And this is the most important of it all. Being confident that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. But instead, we will richly be rewarded now and in the end when we stand before. As a church, we're going to move forward with the action and the attitude that we will celebrate life and we're going to do it each and every day. We're going to ask you to do something. We know we have guests here. We're going to ask you to do this as well. Everybody join hands together. Y'all move across the aisle, come towards the center. We're going to pray together. Like, not a kind of meal that you're going to Not a kind of prayer that you bless a meal with, but we're going to pray to the living God who is full of life. We're going to pray together as the family of God. And then as a sign that we actually have hope in the resurrection power of Jesus, we will joyfully worship as we conclude our time together tonight. Pastor Matt, why don't you lead us in prayer? Jesus, we thank you for your supernatural power that fills us now. It began with our transformation And Lord, we look forward to the full and completion of it at the resurrection. Our hope is in you now. Our life is in you now. We thank you for the blood of your son that has liberated us from the bondage of decay and sin. And Lord, we look to you now. We renew our resolve to lay our lives down for you, for each other, that they may have life. We lift up a shout of praise in this house.